0: because I always have something lame-ass technical, but it's... it's
1: Welcome back to the Cloud Whispers. And today's a very special episode. A couple episodes ago, we had our first interview, Glenn 10 as a Service, that uh, we brought in Glenn McClellan to talk all about. Windows 10 as a service. He was such a big success, and we enjoyed hanging out with him so much, we've decided to actually bring him into the Cloud Whisperers. And so instead of just being Brian and I from now on, it's going to be Brian Glenn and I, or some combination of the three of us doing this podcast going forward. So welcome to the <laughs> Cloud Whisperers. We have we have a way of doing things where we start off by kind of telling our listeners what we've been up to for the last bit of time. And so uh, what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks, either, either personal or work-related?
2: Uh, well, I had my first opportunity. To go out to Chicago, check out Deep Dish Pizza. As I was talking about modern devices and employment for for Windows Ten and, and things like autopilot and
1: such. All right. So, did you get right. Giordano's or did you get Geno's? Uh, Giordano's. Giordano's. <laughs> as but, it was really close to the Microsoft. That's a big
0: office. controversy, right, between it, the it, two. I mean, it's not a, a cold or like it's a it's a gang, right? I mean, there's the two <laughs> different gangs of some kind. It's like gangs gangs of New York or gangs of Chicago, right?
2: Yeah. As I uh poll for sh- native Chicagoans that I know here in San Antonio. I asked them where I should go. Yeah. And there were very strong differing opinions on that. <laughs> well
1: didn't have, bring I didn't break anything up, did
2: you? <laughs> no, and I didn't I didn't even have to say how I chose. My argument was it's right next to the Microsoft office. Yeah. So I didn't have a choice in <laughs> Right. Played the safe line there.
1: There you go. There you go. Well I've I've been to both and I actually prefer Giordano's. We have a, we have a Gino's here in San Antonio but Jordana's, I just, I, the crust was just amazing. But that's, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Good. That sounds awesome. So Brian, what about you? What have you been up to?
0: You know, it's funny. I feel like the outcast whenever we get to this part of the podcast, <laughs> because I always have something lame ass technical, right? but it's, it seems like I have something that's It's lame. I I, I guess I need a live talking about soap and REST API and I'm not talking about the soap you bathe with, right? (laughs) But anyways, what we're doing is working with a customer, the same immigration stuff that we've been talking about in the past, David. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the integration with MIM is usually via like a SQL view. That's the best way for you to do it. So Microsoft Identity Manager is what we're talking about here. And the way that we interact with with data that comes from other systems is via a SQL view, right? So a SQL table that's fronted by a SQL view. However, you, you get into enterprise workflow solutions like Bizagi, you have to have a way to interface with not just MIM, but the SQL front end, right? The view itself. And I guess really more or less the table in the background. So, what we're doing, customer right now, is replacing a SOAP interface, a SOAP API with a RESTful type of API. So, what I didn't know about REST is that it was basically created to address the inherent issues in SOAP. So, mm-hmm. SOAP is, it's been the way that we've interfaced for the longest time, but Now you've got this new kid on the block. We call it the new kid on the block. It has been around for a while, um, but it was created to address the issues inherent in SOAP. So what we're doing is taking and replacing all of those SOAP uh, web services endpoints and replacing them with a REST uh, REST API. So 70% 70 of all public APIs, the way I understand it, are are REST, RESTful. And even still, uh, if you think about it from this perspective, SharePoint itself provides a REST service. It does. So I can read data from a list. I can create new entries in a list. I can do all that stuff with REST. And we were looking, Glenn. You and I were looking at the graph the other day. And mm-hmm. um, that's also a RESTful type of interface. Um, so really interesting stuff for, for me. Um, I'm not a developer,
2: so <laughs> those folks out yeah. there. I really wish that you could have seen the puzzled look on my face when I had to go in and start figuring out the graph. Yeah. <laughs> get
0: get what? Yeah. <laughs> get
2: put. Well, well, the last know, time know, I heard post was somebody in the Marine Corps telling me to leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, you know, Brian, I, I, you know, so Glenn talks about pizza. You talk about soap versus rest, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to? What was I going to talk about? Well, I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody, right? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so, I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, I, maybe I, maybe I'm not, I'm not like a, a a cool guy like you are talking about soap and rest, but uh, I I'm did see cool. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. And and the thing I wanted to and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because these guys, what was amazing is each one of them was an amazing talent in in Queen, okay. But together they were even better. And one of the things the movie I thought captured really well was the way they actually collaborated with each other. Um, it, you know, and it, it, this will sound really silly, but they they really did work in a modern collaborative environment. Um, each one of them would go do some work on their own and then they 'd bring it back to the cr- to the group as a whole and then they would run it by each other and then together they would come up with something that was better than the individual did by themselves so yeah. I, I, I thought that was just a really cool um, a really cool movie in, in, in general, but it did have a really interesting application on how we do things in our in our modern workplace today. Uh, you have to have some private time to go do actual focus work, right? But then you sure. also have to have some face time with everybody else to actually go out there and and be able to do some stuff. So, yeah, and there uh, are
0: cap- actually applications now for that too, where you can, um, as musicians, record in different areas. You know, you could be in different parts of, of the states or the world, for that matter, and and be collaborating and, and recording i mean that that stuff is coming about and it's getting better
1: well you, you, you mean like microsoft teams where you can all look at each other's faces and you That's can right. collaborate and, and work together what an amazing thing <laughs> <laughs> do, you,
0: do we all play instruments i don't know if we play i guess we uh have, i i can play the guitar maybe I, I i can sing i know david can sing do you, do you play uh, an instrument glenn
2: no <believe>. That would probably be like the the animal Muppet of the group. Oh, there you go. Just, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can hold the rhythm, so, we so can play you your drums. drums. Yeah, there we go. Your drums.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: All righty. So um, I believe that uh, Glenn, uh, that uh, uh, Glenn actually had a topic we were going to talk about today. Uh, Glenn, what is that topic we're going to we're going to bring up today for everybody?
2: Talking about uh, dynamic Azure AD groups. Ah, yeah, and yes. this is
0: this is interesting for me because when I first saw this as a topic, I was thinking of the the basically the security groups that we have in Azure AD that we can use for application provisioning and things like Concur. So take Azure AD and we integrate with a Concur or a Salesforce or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, from a user perspective, as people or added to the sales group or or whatever the case is, right? They dynamically are provided that application. But I think what you guys are talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, um, is there's a device side of that too on the security group side of things, but there's also the dynamic nature of adding users to an Office 365 group and or a team, right? Correct, David?
1: Yeah, and so um, the the way to look at it is this, is it is a group that has dynamic membership that is based upon some criteria. Okay. Mm -hmm. So an example that we can do is we can now go out and create a group, right? And then what I can do is I can use an Azure AD property. So it might be department, it might be location, it might be, I guess, their name, their email domain, anything, anything that we have out there that we can write an LDAP query against, right? Whether it's a single, um, a single field or multiple fields, then what we can do is once we know that, we can actually use that to populate the membership into an, an AD group inside of Azure, and that's actually in and of itself. That's actually really useful because if you just mentioned something before, right, which is, hey, what if I want to give people access to Concur or to Salesforce, right? Well, now what I can do is I can control that by saying all my salespeople, for example, um, are going to be members are going to have access to Salesforce. So if I if I add somebody with the job title of salesman, right, or I put them in the Department of Sales, Okay. As soon as I put them in the sales department, it would add them to this Azure AD dynamic group, and then I can use that as a security group to go ahead and get grant them access to um, Concur or or Salesforce or whatever.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. And this is very similar to the paradigm that exists inside of uh, systems management platform called configuration configuration manager. Yeah. Right? So we have the idea of provisioning applications and other things to users or to devices. And so they have the dynamic user piece for O365. And then as autopilot and Intune gained prevalence recently, they added a, a dynamic device um, way of, of querying as well. So it very does closely, uh, mirror what's going on inside of Configuration Manager right now, which which I think is I think is great. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm personally having a little bit of issue querying it, but that's you know an asterisk on the Microsoft Graph piece. But uh, I can see it's I can see its power. and yeah, its, the power and it's future it. prevalence. Right. Well, well,
0: the and, self service aspect of it too, right? It, it, it's it's I don't even really call it self service, right? I mean it's it's automated management. Right. I mean, it's automated management of of these groups. Um, So you don't have to have an administrator do these sort of things. And and that's exactly
1: right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so it's the automation of this whole process that makes this people have been asking for this forever. So um, on the SharePoint side of things and the collaboration side of things, because as you mentioned, if it's an Azure AD group, right, it can be a security group, but it can also be an Office 365 group which means if it's an Office 365 group, it's getting an email, right? It's getting a calendar. It's getting a SharePoint site collection. And so now what I can do is I could theoretically go out and create an, a dynamic group for every department in my organization and then have people automatically added and removed from all the departments inside of my organization. and And I do that from the system of record, which might be, Workday or PeopleSoft or something like that that's then going to flow into AD and then use the properties in AD to put people into the appropriate um, departments and then they automatically get access to a department. And if I move somebody from, say, sales to marketing, right, or from, you know, uh, uh, application development to something else, then they are when, when we when they change that job title or change that department heading, right, they automatically are removed from one and added to the other. And then, oh, by the way, once I have an Office 365 group, I can create a team on top of it. And so what I've really got is dynamic team and Office 365 group membership, which makes them, the ability to roll this out and govern this for organizations a lot easier.
0: That's nice. And, and so whenever that team, the whenever say we take the example of a team, and I know we'll, we'll probably talk about usage scenarios and all that here, but my question would be, is I have membership now that's dynamic in that team. Whenever I'm looking at membership within the team's interface, mm-hmm. um, am I are those going to be grayed out? Am I not going to be able to add uh, that, users that, to
1: that? Yeah, that that's correct. When you okay. have this and you set it up, and that's exactly what will happen, you'll get a, you, when you go to the membership, if you're the owner of the team and you go to the membership, it will have a bar across the top that says, you know, this is managed elsewhere in your organization, and you won't be able to add and remove users to the, to the uh, group or to the team.
0: Yeah, and I'm actually looking on docs.microsoft.com right now and I'm looking at all the different properties that you can use. City, country, co- company name, department, display name, employee ID, account enabled, DIRSync enabled. I mean, there's all sorts of things that you can oh, do yeah. here and you can do combinations of these things too. I've
2: well, and those are of. those are just the user-based ones, right? Right. The 0365 user-based ones. Exactly. When we go to mm-hmm. the security ones, and the device ones are significantly more. And and thinking about this, this really gets you to the idea uh, of the same way that we think of multi-factor authentication. What's the first thing that somebody says when they describe multi-factor authentication, right after saying is it's it's what you are or what you have, right? And so what you are is a, a salesman in the sales department or what you are as a regional manager and you have the the regional team right we can assign things to all regional managers or all people in the sales department so that if you get promoted or, or fired or hit by a bus or whatever the case is yeah. and we stick a new one in there we don't have to say well what are the specific things that we gave brian it's those are the specific things that we gave a regional manager or or whatever the case may be yeah uh, and and when it goes to device provisioning if i go dump this in the river walk, then I go get another device and they provision it uh, for me. They don't have to ask what apps I had, but because based on my role, I'm going to get at least the baseline uh, of what I needed by role.
0: Okay, that makes so, sense. Yeah.
2: yeah, I like that. That's well, a good way to break
0: that down. I mean, because it really is, It's a very good point. It really is users and devices that, that can participate in these type of groups.
1: Now, one thing it's important to understand is that to to be able to use this, you have to have Azure AD Premium P1. Okay, okay? that was my next question. Yeah, what, right. what do we need to get now, this to work? The, the, the fact of the matter is, is you get that as part of your EMS E3 license, and you should have an EMS E3 license, right? If you were working in the cloud, you need that extra level of security anyway. So, um, but, but if you don't, if you don't have EMS E3 licenses, then get them. But if you're not going to get them, you, you would need to have Azure AD Premium P1 to be able to take advantage of these dynamic groups. And just just the amount of effort that you're going to save by being able to dynamically assign groups to people and manage your organization, that might just very right there. That just might pay for Azure AD Premium P1. Yeah, absolutely. It might, it might even pay for the whole EMS suite sure. uh, at that point.
0: When a lot of the customers that we're working with now they have a source of, of, of record you know a source authority a, a, they have a, a workday or something like that so mm-hmm. as hr is making these changes or as people are transitioning within the organization these groups are just updating in the background automatically so it's it's really 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 spectacular stuff um, and really takes the administrative overhead out of it almost out of the picture altogether.
1: And, and, and that's a big part of the whole concept of workplace automation, right? I mean, part of, part of our goal as in IT is to automate as much of this stuff as possible. Yep. And so, um, because if we're automating it, then there's less chance for a human error Right, We get it done with, um, with higher reliability. We get it done faster. We get it done with fewer errors. And overall, that means that instead of having someone like Glenn or you or me, who's, who's part of our job is every day to go out and add and remove people from, from AD groups, right, or add and remove them from teams, uh, instead, the system is doing that for them, for yep. us, right? And then we can focus in on things that are actually much more important to the organization overall.
0: Yeah, and I think, too, there's also the security aspect of it, right? So yeah. whenever we get to a deprovisioning scenario and the mm-hmm. SLA that we have around deprovisioning, whenever that user is is removed uh, from the organization, they would be stripped from that sales group. So now they no longer have access to a sales force automatically.
2: I'll give you for an exact- example. Yeah. If okay, you excellent. if their uh, role was let's say sales associate, right, and they and they had access to the sales department, but then uh, they left the company, if their role inside of AD is now either uh, uh, terminated uh, or or quit, right? Yeah. Then it would automatically remove them from all of those things and yep. shut off their VPN access. Yep. It would put them in a group to shut off VPN access or remote login and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yep. If they're in any other group then they by default have access to those things. That is a quick way to shut off the valve to be leaking corporate data or yeah. you know, any, anything like that during a during a termination situation.
0: And I guess too you could also think about nesting these type of groups in the the licensing groups in Office 365 that we use Azure AD licensing uh, to yep. reclaim the licenses after the fact too. So I think there's a lot of possibilities here and honestly I'm really glad that we had this conversation today <laughs> because this completely fits into what I'm doing with a customer right now. <laughs> On- onboarding and offboarding, and really to think through that all the way and, and provide that automation wherever we can. So excellent, very good stuff, guys. Yeah. So uh, how about other usage scenarios, uh, David? What what other kind of usage scenarios do we have here? Do we we pretty much covered everything that uh, you wanted to cover?
1: Well I think I think the high points are, you know, one big thing that we're seeing organizations do, and they they've always done this, is in SharePoint we have gone out and and given and created what we call departmental shares, which is basically a site collection for a department, right? Yeah. And the way we've traditionally done this on premise in the past and even even out in, in SharePoint online is we've used an we've used an A D group or a set of AD groups that we've added to a SharePoint group to give people access to a particular location. So for example, if everybody is in the IT security group, we've put that in the, the, the uh, members of the IT SharePoint site. Okay? okay? And that gave everybody access to it. Well, the problem was a lot of times we move to the cloud, we don't replicate those security groups up to the cloud a lot of times, okay? Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, it just kind of depends, right? Uh, But now what we can do is we could actually create this dynamic group uh, for IT and if you're in the IT department, you're automatically getting access and being put into the members group of the SharePoint site or really you're being put into the group and the group has a SharePoint site. And so we've kind of we've kind of solved the entire problem now. And if you think about most organizations, they've got a process by which by which they assign you to a department. And so there's no extra steps involved. Once they, once the department updates and it replicates to AD, we're good to go. Um, and, and so I think that's really cool. And then and then Glenn had some even more a more what I thought more, more interesting aspects when he was talking about doing um, autopilot enrollments and and Intune enrollments inside of uh, us, using it this way as well.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, this is just kind of a
2: philosophy that's been in Configuration Manager for. Six plus years now. Okay. And and it's slowly breeding its way out into the cloud through through Intune. So then that automatically means that it's kind of being backported or the idea of it's being brought into to Azure AD to accommodate that
1: same type of interaction from from Intune.
0: Okay. That's really cool yeah. stuff. Really cool stuff.
1: Yeah, so so I would tell people, you know, get your Azure AD Premium P one and start making use of Azure Uh, ad dynamic groups it will save you lots of effort and errors
2: (laughs) well and it becomes its own system of record of how you make decisions uh for permissions and provisioning yep it's 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 basically self-documenting i mean if we know that you know back to the sales department thing if we know that they get this app and this app and this app when we onboard a sales guy then if you just add them to that group, all of that stuff naturally happens when we're provisioning their device or provisioning their SharePoint rights, you know, for like a, a project manager or something like that. That's more automation. Those are more things that you can now open yourself to do within yeah. the organization that, that drives value like these things. And they don't have that much overhead once they're set.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like work, work smarter, not harder, right? Absolutely. <laughs>
1: definitely. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, it being the holiday season, I thought we would have a holiday-themed one more thing. And uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to talk about what our favorite holiday movie is. And so, I I will go first because... uh, uh, I, I'm I'm bringing this up. So my favorite holiday movie of all time is Miracle on 34th Street. Not the remake. I'm talking about the one where Natalie the, Wood plays the yeah. little girl, and it's in black and white, and, and it is just the most magical movie. I just absolutely adore that. That is movie. a good one. That is. A good and one. that that whole scene where they've got they've got Chris on trial, and the post office shows up with just. Buckets and buckets and buckets of mail and dumping it on the desk. And he's sitting here, look, reading all the mail. That to me, just it, it just brings a smile to my, my, uh, my face every time I even think about it. It's, it's hands down, for me at least, the best Christmas movie of all time. How about you guys?
0: So, yeah, my, mine is Christmas Vacation and <laughs> I, I, I channel my inner Griswold Whenever it gets to Christmas lighting, and I, I still want to reproduce something uh, that, that, that can that be seen from orbit, yeah, <laughs> that, that can, yeah, it can be seen from orbit, via fire hazard, and all of that at the same time. Um,
2: you, got, you, I, I got, you got to post a picture. Of actually, watch the energy upper. meter spin. Yeah,
1: the energy <laughs> meter spinning. Uh,
0: you my need to my post
1: I, a picture of your house this year, then, because I want to, I want to see all of these, uh, all of these Christmas decorations.
0: Yeah, I, I, I should. I really should. Um, the, the scene where he flips out because he can't get the lights to come on or whatever, and he's kicking the crap out of Santa Claus and the reindeer. I don't know what it is about that scene. I <laughs> laugh about it every year. I can watch it two or three times a year, and I actually start watching it in November. Don't <laughs> don't be fooled. <laughs> it is on. I have it recorded. It's on the DVR and it's one of those that if anybody dares delete it, they're, they're <laughs> there. will be hell to pay But Christmas vacation for me.
2: All right. Glenn, what about you? I, I always look forward to a Christmas story. And so, like, I'm happy that it plays for 24 hours back-to-back back on <laughs> TBS. Oh, gosh. It's just, I really love – Is it TBS or other uh, – TBS. It's right. either TBS or TNT. I think it's TBS. Yeah, TBS. Yeah. Uh, I I I love that it plays for 24 hours. I really love the narrative, like <laughs> – from like the older guy talking about it when he was as a kid and, and and my favorite scene is is hands down is when the bumpus dogs are in there eating the turkey and the dad is like, <laughs> like, out the back door, like so i usually walk around the house on that day when there's still wrapping paper all over the floor in my house and i'm like you need to
0: you need the lamp, right? Is that the lamp? The label? you know we
2: actually we actually got a Christmas ornament that lights up that is the lamp. Oh wow! And so when oh, my awesome. wife that's came cool. home with it about two or three years ago, she was like, "It's a major award," and I didn't know what she was talking about. And then she opened it. Up, it's from Walmart, and She opened it up. She's like, "It lights up too," and I was like, "Oh, this has to go in the front." So every year, it's like
1: front and center on the tree. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> I, I love this time of year. so
1: uh, good yeah. stuff. I, I do as well. Well, gentlemen, we have come to the end of another fantastic episode. Glenn, welcome to the Cloud Whispers. We're glad to have you here,
0: welcome, and
1: uh, and and please get out and tell everybody to uh, subscribe on iTunes to the Cloud Whispers. Uh, you should you know if you can if you can search for us there. I'm still trying to figure out how to get us on uh, uh, in, on Google uh, and Stitcher, but uh, if I ever figure that out, we'll be able on we'll be on all for all the major pl- uh, podcasting platforms at that point in time. So.
0: Yep. Sounds great. Thank you, David. Thank you, Glenn. All right.
1: Good stuff as always.